Hello and welcome to livealittlehigher.com. This week we read Parashateruma, which means contributions, and um, and I'm gonna start with a joke. So a couple had two mischievous little kids, and they really behaved really bad, and they were like up to here with their kids, and they decided to go to their rabbi, and. Um, and see if he could help them out with the children. So the rabbi asked to see the two boys and individually. And he, they brought first the eight-year-old kid and was sent to meet the, the rabbi, the, the first one to go in. And then he sat in front of the rabbi and the rabbi asked the kid, tell me, where's God? So the kid looked at, at the rabbi. He didn't know what to say. He's looking at him. And the rabbi again asked him, so tell me, where's God? Where's God? And the, and the boy didn't make any attempt to answer the rabbi. And the rabbi started getting frustrated and he started raising his voice. And again he asked, tell me, where's God? So at that, at that the boy bolted from the room and he ran out. He was very scared and he ran out and he went straight to his home, to his house, and he hid himself in the closet to which his brother followed him and went into the closet with him and asked him, tell me brother, what happened? What happened? So the boy said to the, to the brother, we're in big trouble this time. God is missing and they think we stole him. So this is a cute, cute joke, but in reality it touches a very profound subject that we all experience we're all searching for God we're all looking for him our whole life we're looking 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 and um, and we all yearn for a true connection with Hashem everybody wants to be connected everybody wants to to feel uh, loved and, and, and needed and, and, and feel a true connection with God so how do we become successful in making a connection with Hashem so does he want our mind? What does he want from us? Sometimes we ask ourselves, does he want our mind? So does he want us to learn all day? Does he want us to sit down and learn Torah all day? And you see people that go into yeshiva, especially men, and they dedicate their whole life to learning Torah. Or perhaps he desires our heart. He desires our prayers. Does he want us to be praying all day? Uh, today with the WhatsApp, really, it's crazy. We're praying all day. If you're, if you're connected to the right people, you're praying for someone all day. I, I'm connected to, I don't know how many WhatsApps of people that are sick and there's chains and chains of the healing going all around all day. It's the most beautiful thing to see where people are connected all day praying for someone's uh, well-being, that they should be well, or, or a chain of many people, or people that ha can have children, people that can haven't been able to get married. And we see how people are thinking about others and connecting and praying for them. Or perhaps Hashem wants us to be busy all day helping other people with acts of kindness and love, helping charity events, organizations, helping homeless people, feeding the sick, taking, visiting the sick. What does God really want from us? So amongst the architectural blueprints of the Mishkan, and this week we start talking about the Mishkan and its construction, 
The Mishkan was a tabernacle that was constructed in the desert while the Jews uh, dwelled in the desert for 40 years and they used to travel with this tabernacle, with this Mishkan. It was made in a way that it was like a Lego. You could put it together and put it apart and travel with it. And this was where Hashem dwelt. And God said to Moshe, build for me a Mishkan so I can dwell in you. He didn't say, make for me a Mishkan so I can dwell in it. He said, make for me a Mishkan so I can dwell in you, inside of us. So in reality, yes, we have a physical Mishkan. We used to have our temples, our physical structures that contain the Shekhinah, the presence of God. But in reality, we ourselves are also a traveling Mishkan. We have all these components that were uh, lovingly introduced into the Mishkan and we have them inside of us and we use them for the service of Hashem. So this week's Parashat Terumah begins with the divine command that the Jewish people undertake the construction of this tabernacle. Everybody was involved. Everybody gave donations, everybody gave contributions. There were donations that were obligatory, that everybody had to give half a shekel, no matter if they were rich or poor, everybody had to give it. There were donations that were given out of the kindness of each person's heart, of whatever they could give or they wanted to give. And, and, and it's a beautiful thing because it really was a part of the whole Jewish people. Everybody had a place in it. So, so here it says, it says God spoke to Moses saying speak to the children of Israel and have them take for me an offering from every person whose heart inspires him to generosity you shall take my offering and this is the offering that you shall take from them gold, silver and copper blue, purple and crimson wool, linen and goat hair ram skins, dyed red tashash skins and acacia wood all for lighting the menorah, spices for the anointing oil and for the incense, shoham stones and filling stones for the ephod, which was the breastplate that the Kohen God all used to wear, and for the Hosen. And they shall make me a sanctuary and I will dwell in their midst. According to all that I show you, the pattern of the Mishkan and the pattern of all its vessels, and so shall you do. So throughout the 40 years, in the desert, the tabernacle was the focal spiritual place of the Jewish nation. This was the, this was the place. This is it. There was nothing more important for the Jewish people than their service in this tabernacle. And when they came into the land of Israel, this tabernacle was, um, was um, erected in the land of Benjamin in Shiloh and it stood there till it, it was destroyed and then uh, King Solomon built the first temple in the, in the holy city of Jerusalem. So it served as a sort of multi-purpose spiritual hub sacred there were sacred vessels there was the the altar the 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 menorah there was the shulhan which was the table where the showbreads were put and there was the kodesh hakodashin and all these articles were vessels were very important in the function of this temple of this tabernacle so according to the ramban the ramban who was rabbi moshe ben nachman because there's the Ramban and the Rambam, but the Ramban eh, says that the primary function of the Mishkan 
it's that it was created to create a dwelling place for God and he communicated with us and conveyed his will. So this was a place where the Shekhinah of God could rest and where Hashem could tell us what he wanted from us. And it also served as the bridge linking the divine message to Moshe, the Jewish people, and by extension to the whole world. Because it was a place where every nation came to offer. It was not only for the Jewish people, it was for everybody. So for him, according to the Ramban, the most important vessel, article in this temple was the Kodesh HaKodashim, which was the Aron, where, where the Luchot were stored, the Holy of Holies, where the Ten Commandments, the Ten, the Ten Commandments were stored. And then comes Rabbi Moshe ben Maimon, who is the Rambam, and he saw the primary function of the Mishkan as a sacrificial center, a place for the Jewish people and all man, man, mankind to come and offer sacrifices to God. So that made the Mizbeah, the altar, the most important uh, object in the Mishkan. And this is a debate between these two rabbis. And, uh, and there has never been a conclusion of which of the articles is the most important. So this leaves us with the question, what was the purpose of all the other holy vessels in the Mishkan? If this is the two most important ones, why did God need the other? So the Shulhan, the table uh, where the showbreads were uh, put, uh, was made of, of acacia wood. It was a very special wood that they carried the tree, the trunks of the trees from Egypt with them. Uh, Jacob had told them before his death to bring them with them and with an overlay of gold and a golden crown around it with gold rings um, <clears throat> around its uh, wood legs and it had columns and it looked like shelves like this table had like shelves and it was between the acacia and the gold it was a very uh, royal Table and the showbread were put in this table the whole week and they remained fresh the whole week. And the interesting thing is that although this showbread was an offering to God, the ones that really partake from it were the Kohen and the Kohanim and, and, and at the end of the week. They were the ones that ate it and this was a service to God. So how is this uh, serving God? That there's a table full of breads and the, at the end of the week, the Kohanim are the ones that eat it. How can that be as of service? And it says, you shall make a table the, the, according to the, to the Baha'i. He says the Shuhan, according to this, this rabbi, he says that the Shuhan is reminiscent to the manna as it stated. You set a table for me in the presence of my adversary. So this Shuhan was what was a remembrance of the goodness of God that he took care of the Jewish people every day for 40 years in the desert and he gave them something to eat every day. They didn't die out of hunger. They had food to eat all the time. And so from here we know that there is a correlation between the manna and the shulhan. And the God's source of our sustenance, he's the one that provides. So today, this shulhan really is represented in our home. It's also represented in our, we have each one of these is in our home. We have the, 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 each one of these. So the shulhan 
would be like a Jewish Feng Shui. This is a table in your home where you invite people to come and eat and you give them kindness. You invite people that don't have where to go on Shabbat or in the holidays and you you do the mitzvah of Oknasa Sorehim, of giving to, to people who have nowhere to go. And it's extending you, the food that Hashem has given you and extending also to those that don't have what to eat. So the Jewish thought is that every heavenly blessing starts somewhere and there must always be something physical uh, that where the blessing can latch on so the, we always have blessings that are waiting for us they're always there but if we don't have the kelim if we don't have the vessel where this blessing is gonna come into then Hashem cannot send the blessing because it's like if you're, you want to drink water and you don't have a glass then if you pour the water without a glass, the water is gonna just uh, drip out of, of, the, of the container. It's not gonna be holding, being hold, uh, nothing is gonna be there to hold it. So the same way the blessings that God ha has for us, we need to create braha, a blessing, we, a keili. we need to create a vessel, sorry, a vessel, so this blessing can be contained. So from there, it, it continues to spread. So the shulhan, the table, was the landing pad for the sustenance that God provided for all creations. Everybody, even the ants. So this was the, the, the keili, this was the vessel that provided that blessing. And there are some who feel that serving God and extending a hand to a fellow human being have no relationship whatsoever. In fact, if you talk to an, a person that is an atheist that doesn't believe in God, you ask them, so what's the purpose of your life? What's the whole purpose of you being alive? They will answer you to be kind to other people. They're the kindest people. They're always looking for other people's welfare, but they don't connect it to Hashem. So, so from here we learn that by placing the Shulhan in the Mishkan, God is demonstrating that one cannot separate social responsibility from the service of God. So when a person is kind to someone else, is doing hesed, is doing kindness to someone else, in reality, is part of, of, of you're doing what God wants you to do. It's part of it's connected to Hashem. It's part of Hashem's goodness also. So the responsibility towards other human beings is a holy and spiritual calling that our, that our care and concern for our fellow men stems from our commitment to God. So in reality, even the, the atheist that doesn't believe in God, he's doing something for the service of Hashem. So ha, there's a Hasidic aphorism that says, another person's physical welfare is for me a spiritual matter. So whatever a person needs in the physical sense for me to help give that person what he needs is for me it's a spiritual matter. It is spiritual to physically help someone. And spirituality is not relegated to the synagogue. So what the, this Shulhan in the temple, in the temple, in the Mishkan is really teaching us is that spirituality is not in what we think that is something that is abstract from the material world, that has nothing to do with the material world. In reality, the most spiritual life is in the material world. That's where we cause an effect. And uh, we need both. We need to pray in the synagogue and we need to be kind to the world. We, everything goes together. So there is a Mishnah in Pirkei Avot that says Shimon the Righteous was among the last surviving members of the Great Assembly. And he said, the world stands on three things, 
Torah, the service of God, and deeds of kindness. These three things are major. If we're lacking one of them, the world cannot exist. It will be destroyed. We need the three of them. So normative human behavior is divided in three areas, in the mind, in the heart, and in the body. So each pillar that the Mishnah is describing here is connected to one of these three human behaviors and components. And they're also connected to three, uh, the three pillars of, of, the, of, the, of the Mishkan that are part of our spiritual existence, which is the mind is connected to the Torah, Torah study, the Aron, where the Luchots were contained. This is our mind and in our body, in our physical body, it's in our head, it's in our mind. That's where we contain the, the Ten Commandments, and this is an intellectual endeavor. People need to use their intelligence to be able to learn Torah. It's part of a service of God. And then the heart, the heart is emotional, and it's connected to fear and to the fear and the love of God, the awe and the, and the love of God. And this is connected to prayer, and it's connected to the Mizbeach, to the altar where the sacrifices were done in those days. There was no prayer, people didn't pray, they used to do sacrifices. Today we don't do sacrifices, we don't have a temple anymore and uh, we cannot do them. It's a sin to do a sacrifice, but today sacrifice is connected to prayer. Every time we pray is a sacrifice, it's a sacrifice of the heart because it's, it's, it's you're, you're sacrificing your animalistic instinct and you are uh, turning your heart to the divine love. And, uh, and then the Shulhan is connected to the good deeds and the actions of the body. And so this is in the, in the table, the showbreds in the temple. So imagine that these three human domains are three distinctly different people. Imagine that there's people that are more intellectual, there are people who are more emotional, and there's people who are more activists. They're the activists of the world. There's these three types of human beings, and, um, and they're all needed. Nevertheless, the, 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 the Torah portion, Terumah, is telling us God needs all these three services in one person. We all need to do the three. We all need to learn Torah. We all need to pray, uh, and we all, even if it's only saying thank you every day, that's a way of prayer, but we need to pray every day, and we need to do uh, acts of love and kindness towards our fellow. And the, the Mizbeah uh, is the, the Jew that prays, the Aaron HaKodesh is the Jew that learns, and the Shulhan is the, the Jew that does kindness and offers his heart upon upon to, to Hashem. So Shulhan is the third type of Jew and the person of action who excels in good deeds. And this is the person that changes the world. This is the activists of the world, the people that uh, there's a, an emergency in Brazil and a full plane of Jews of IDF soldiers fill, is filled up and they just in one two, three, they get up on this plane and they go to Brazil, the other part, side of the world, to help recover people who have been lost, to help them clean, to help them save people. This is part of the activist soul. And we all need all these three areas of our lives. So the important thing is that we are, we are all expected to serve Hashem in these three ways, 
everybody should learn a little Torah every day. This is not your your avoda, but every day sit down, learn a little bit, listen to a shiur. Every person should take some moment in the day and pray to God, and everybody should extend their hand to someone that needs it. So in, in, in which one you excel, that's what makes a difference. And this is the one in which you should really concentrate yourself. If you're an incredible learner, learn. If you're a person that really has an easy way praying, pray. And if you're a person that for you, it's very easy to go and help others and run and do it. So the, the, the important thing is that uh, we use our, our faculties in the service of God with passion, with love, with awe, in, 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 and give everything that we have. So I wish you a blessed week. We're entering a new month, the month of Adar. It, this year is a leap year. It's a double year. It's an impregnated year. And the sages teach that when the month of Adar comes in, we have to increase our joy. And what this means is that we should really think good and it will be good. And we should all be happy to be here, to be alive, to count our blessings, to serve God with joy. If you're a good learner, learner learn with joy. If you're a good person that knows how to pray well, pray with joy. If you love to do mitzvot, do them with joy. And even if you're not good at any of this, do everything with joy because it's a, it's a privilege to be able to serve Hashem. And the biggest mitzvah of all is to do it with joy. So I wish you a blessed month, double month of Adar. You should be happy and happier. And the, the joy of these two months should really bring the whole joy for the whole year. So remember, live a little higher. Thank you.